0: Continuing completed classics, fulfilling failed franchises, reinvigorating reviled rehashes—it's the follow-up showdown with Paul Gitz, Travis McMaster, and Lauren. Hey, all you uppers, downers, out of towners, and even all you insane clowners. Welcome to the Follow Up Showdown 3 AFIII, where we give worthy second chapters to top 100 stories that don't have them. I'm your host, Wolfman Paul, and with me are my fellow pharaohs, aka my co hosts, and yes, I am mixing references, Travis McMaster and Lauren Pacone. Paul. (laughs) We are a podcast that pitches ultimate sequels to movies without them, and this season we are making our way through every existing sequel to movies on both versions of the AFI Top 100 Movies list. Today's subject is 1979's More American Graffiti, sequel to number 77 on the original list, which climbed to number 62 on the 10 Years Later list, 1973's American Graffiti. And with us today as guests are some returning folk who helped us pitch against the 50s as told by the 70s. So let's see how they do with the 60s as told by the 70s. Tony Interdonato and Chris Newell. Thanks for being here, guys.
1: Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us.
0: (laughs) Ah, you're very welcome. Great to have you. And thank you for watching these movies. All right. So... I guess let's just get right into it. we got a lot to talk about with two Travis McMaster Minutes. Two Travis McMaster
2: Minutes. Uh, You know, it's traditional to offer the minute to the guests. They have (laughs) muted their microphone, shaking their heads. So, Mm, mm -hmm, mm. Um, woe Mm. and devastation be upon ye once again, listener. You're you're ready? Uh, Okay. Oh yeah,
0: <clears throat> and go. <laughs>
3: uh, so it's it's, it's it's.
4: Are you doing? I'm gonna start over. Is this, okay. Game, okay. Is okay. this a minute okay. for the original and a minute for the sequel? I'm confu- how are we yeah. gonna do two movies in two minutes? It's it's, it's a minute, a minute a each. A minute
2: each? Oh my God, okay. Yeah, okay, so, okay. Make it feel worse, Tony. I love it. I'm I'm waiting for the cue. You say go. Okay, go. It's uh, American Graffiti takes place over the final night of a group of friends um, on the last day before they, they disembark high school for college. And we see the things that they're still clinging into, what they're trying to take with them, and what they don't know what to do with. Uh, we see a young man trying to distance himself from a relationship he doesn't want to distance himself from because they're going to be separated by a great distance. We see Richard Dreyfus hunting for a lady who gave him the big eyes and a white T-bird and get mixed up with some gang called the Pharaohs, um, learning a lot of lessons about himself and the town that he won't leave on the way. Uh, there's a goofy little guy who gets a car, which is pretty cool, and he picks up a pretty cool chick uh, from Little Shop of Horrors, I think. And she's too cool for him. Uh, And then he loses the car. uh, But she still likes him. It's like a slice of life. And then Dreyfus goes on an airplane to college. uh, But it... uh, And they were driving around cars. Oh, I didn't even mention the guy who didn't have sex with the child. Which is a big part of the movie. A really important part. It was really refreshing. But he didn't do it the whole time. As hard as he could. Uh, Oh, no. And then the movie ends... Uh, and you see, like this title, this like little like title card of, of like where all the characters ended up, and like one of them died in Vietnam or went missing in Vietnam. One of them died in a car accident a few years later. Another one just became an insurance salesman, and the other two were girls. So who cares? I guess. More American graffiti t- is it, it's kind of it's okay. All right, so a year later. Uh, no, sorry. It's uh, it takes place on New Year's Eve, nineteen sixty two. Four. Four. Two years later. Two years later. Hang on. Sorry. Okay, and it's the day that the one guy who died dies we know he's gonna die that day because he dies in December and it's New Year's Eve intercut with that day the last day they were all together is what each of those characters is doing a and year that's later and for how they two
0: minutes but well yeah that was off to a good start Yeah. That that was
4: not bad. all that movie deserves my god
0: <laughs> New Year's <laughs> Eve 64 65 67 68 that movie um, oh, I was way off I was confused by that too though I had to look it up I, <laughs> yeah. I ended up looking at mean
1: What jumping around was the problem is they, they, they didn't stay in chronological order. So you had to remind yourself what
0: was going on in each time zone. Yes. Uh, and okay, well, we'll get into two. We'll get into two. Let's let uh, let's <laughs> talk about one. Let's start <laughs> with how did everybody feel watching George Lucas's American Graffiti? Had anybody seen it before? What, what was the deal? What's, what's everybody about?
2: I had never seen it before. I was aware oh. of it. In a vaguely like film bro way, like it's a George Lucas movie about you know the precursor to days didn't confuse and super bad and stuff, and like Harrison Ford drives a car. But that was more or less all I knew about it. Um, I probably wouldn't have even gotten that Dreyfus was in it if you had asked me that before the movie started.
5: Yeah, I uh, I'd never seen it and I apparently knew absolutely nothing about it, so we pulled it up and Richard Dreyfus was on
0: the screen cap, and I was like, I'm mm. Richard Dreyfus. I love him. Did you guys have so, similar right elation at the sight of Harrison Ford?
2: Probably, but it was a pretty, <laughs> um, like we were, yeah, Dreyfus <laughs> is there, baby. We already got our dessert.
0: Wow, I right.
4: got the drive. I mean, uh-huh. uh, I would seen it uh, one once before in in college and had not watched it since. And I, I would wager to say I liked it less the second time <laughs> mm-hmm. than the first time. But yeah, you know, it's it's a movie that George Lucas made. Oh. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I had seen it once before, probably in like junior high or high school, and I remembered nothing about it other than that there were cars involved and Suzanne Summers was in it. That, that was the extent of my memory. Um, and I actually, uh, I think I probably liked it better this time around. Mm. Um, I could see like as an adult what they were trying to get at, I mm. guess, more than I did as a 14 year old.
0: Uh, I have a question about Suzanne Summers. Who is she in it?
4: $30 Susan. She's the
1: blonde. Yeah, she's the blonde in the car. <laughs> no, that's
0: not what they call her. $30 <laughs> Oh, Jared, she's Richard Dreyfuss' dream girl. Mm. Oh. Okay. Because I kept coming across her name not. in the research afterwards. I had no idea. And I know who she is, so that yeah, was Yeah, because she's in
1: it for 30 seconds.
0: Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she did her thing. Yeah. Oh, apparently, fun fact. Fun fact's early this time. <laughs> Apparently, Spoilers. the original opening scene that they couldn't film because it was too expensive was supposed to be her driving through a drive through in that car and then disappearing or at least becoming transparent to show that she never existed, uh, which did not seem to be the case <laughs> in the movie they ended up with. So interesting.
5: I'm glad they took that out because like interesting kind of like you don't need that. Yeah. No, we, also we get liked, it. It's a lot um, of things
4: to deal with. We don't need ghosts.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I really, really liked it. Like, mm. I'd go as far as to say I loved it. Mm. It became like a instant comfort movie. I just thought it was really a good time. Really delightful. I like, you know, Slice of Life, like, taking place over
0: just like one day or one night type of movie. Yeah. Um. So I thought it was really, really good. I really liked it. I... Agree. I have seen it before, and I remember the origin of why I saw it was I was obsessed in middle school with Can't Hardly Wait, the gra- <laughs> high school graduation party <laughs> flick, which I still love quite a bit.
1: Classic movie.
0: Yes. And my dad became aware of my love for it and said, This is American graffiti. And I was like, What? And then he made me watch it. And I, at the time, was probably more fixated on why it's not as good as Can't Hardly Wait. But yeah, it, I still remember liking it, and this time I would say, ultimately, like Chris, I liked it more. My major note really just has to do with how, um, you know, messed up the, the time period was for, like, sake of that girl in the, having the affair with the teacher and stuff like that. You know, yeah, yeah. A, a little more <laughs> pro-ladies, a little less pro-guys would have been nice, but I, but I did enjoy myself. It, it, it was a fun movie. Yeah
1: ron howard's character was a dick he was, I just, he was. And, and not I to just jump ahead a dick.
0: but even worse in two.
1: Oh, of, so much
0: worse yeah yeah but uh, in terms of how this was received by those then when it came out so it has a 96 percent on rotten tomatoes was up for uh best picture that year did not win widespread critical success obviously but it was apparently hard for george lucas our writer director here uh to sell he had there are other writers but i can get into that later he had to shop it around to multiple studios until universal pictures finally picked it up at the insistence of francis Ford coppola who by the way insisted that this movie be written at all he went to his friend george write a coming-of-age movie and this is what george did it is based on his youth uh, growing up in Modesto, California.
2: Which one was he in the movie? He
0: was three out of four just... of the leads. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was everyone but Ron Howard. He was John Milner because of his drag really? race days. He was Kurt Henderson, the Richard Dreyfuss character in college. That was college George Lucas, and he was Terry as a freshman in high school. You know, no luck with the ladies, George. Yeah, uh, so he, you know, he, maybe even he thought Ron Howard was a dick. <laughs> Steve because he wouldn't own up to that one (laughs) it had a budget of seven hundred and seventy seven thousand dollars and became one of the most profitable films of all time earning 140 million dollars box office the co-writers on this were Gloria Katz and William uh h-u-y-c-k how else would you have guys have said it
4: yeah like goofy says yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Very good. Uh, they found the ending depressing, and they were bothered that George Lucas did not include the women in the epilogue, as mentioned by Travis. Lucas argued that mentioning the girls meant adding another title card, which he felt would what? would prolong the ending too much.
3: <laughs> oh. Hey, I got a, I got a
0: solution you.
5: How to make your movie shorter. <laughs> end it and don't put any of that depressing shit in. Cuz it was depressing. It was such a lovely moment to end with. Why would you go and just make it sad?
3: Yeah, that's because they were
5: trying to make a point about the Vietnam War.
1: I mean, I understand oh. that, but
5: it it seems out of nowhere considering the rest of the movie.
1: Oh, oh, I agree. I also wish they wouldn't have included it, but I see what they were trying to do even if they yeah. did it poorly. Yeah.
0: So this movie ran into a lot of production issues. Uh, it, it was not filmed in Modesto, California, where it takes place, because that town had changed too much, in George Lucas's opinion. They started in San Rafael, uh, California, but the production crew was denied permission to shoot beyond a second day. They were shut down immediately. And then the rest of the production was moved to Petaluma. All that said, it took 28 days to shoot.
2: That seems longer than I would have guessed.
0: Well, they shot the movie, and this might be why, in sequence at George oh. Lucas's insistence. So as the filming went on, the actors grew more tired from the shooting schedule, and thus the characters <laughs> would look more tired as the late night went on. Cruel, but effective.
2: Yes. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't find myself saying during the movie, like, wow, they really seem more tired. That's true. They really do seem more tired now.
1: yeah i can't say that i noticed that
4: okay so yeah i had to look it up and check yeah that's it just fully deserves its title as one of the most profitable films of all time because that is not adjusted for inflation 140 million dollars on a budget of seven hundred seventy thousand. wow no wonder he got to make star wars yeah exactly (laughs) i mean people love nostalgia it turns out
0: he got (laughs) carte blanche after this for sure and but apparently before it was released universal thought so little of the film they sort of just agreed to do it to satiate Coppola, that they shelved it for six months before releasing it, and were as mind blown <laughs> as anybody that it made so much money. Wow. Was such a success!
2: That's so wild that they did that again with Star Wars, and then he again <laughs> turned that thing in. I'm surprised George Lucas is at all as chill as he I have ever seen him. He's only ever been chill uh, because every story about him. That is not like, and then he became like a bajillionaire. Is like, yeah, and then everyone just looked at him and went, "No, boo,
0: gross." <laughs>
4: that, that's that's how we got Jar Jar, though. So mm. love Jar Jar.
0: Mm. <laughs> so let's see what's some fun. I got I got actors' notes. When Terry, played by Charles Martin Smith, pulls up at the Vespa in the beginning and the crashes right away, that was an accident he lo- he genuinely natural. lost control and they <laughs> left it in it's one of my favorite moments in the movie probably my biggest so laugh of the movie it was really well done because it's natural yeah <laughs> and so perfect for terry my <laughs> okay so let's maybe go around who's of the leads who's everybody's favorite mine's terry terry the toad slash tiger
2: oh, i mean i really love Richard Dreyfus, I love watching Richard yeah. Dreyfus. Kurt, yeah.
0: Well, I don't love Kurt yeah.
2: <laughs> as much as I love Richard Dreyfus. I like Kurt Fine. Um, he had an interesting enough story. I liked old uh, Deadface Milner,
0: John Milner,
3: yeah,
2: John Milner, because he old opens Deadface. the movie is like, "Wait, what's up, everybody? I'm obviously scummy," and then he's cruising to pick up chicks, and he picks up a like a tween, like a twelve year old, and he just. Spends the rest of the movie going like, Ugh, how do I unload you? Gross. And she's not quite throwing herself at him, but she is kind of going like, hey,
5: mister, aren't you
2: going to kiss me or something? And he's like, get up your nose with a rubber hose. Get out of here. And
4: then he's <laughs> 4 I, I just, yeah, I, 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 tr- I'm holding back every instinct to just unload an avalanche of shit on this movie mm. because it seems like I'm the only person who doesn't like it. Maybe I only like my slice of life in anime form, <laughs> but no, I don't like any of them. You've got like the fucking, the fucking Opie the chauvinist. You've, you've got race car rapist. You've got date rapist and glasses. And then the girls. Oh yeah. And I Kurt's there too. He's wearing a plaid shirt. He often has a line in scenes. Mm. And then he leaves town forever. Like, what? Hey, this is this he, entire movie is a a bygone era of Americana that I only have reference for as kitsch. And I just don't. Uh, OK, he made Star Wars. He, he, that's fine.
1: He helped that whole gang of good for nothings steal a bunch of change from pinball machines. Oh, you
4: mean the gang that was threatened to road haul him behind the car?
6: Yes!
1: Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a good
4: time. Hey, not, remember all the times in the movie they talk parts. about like a 16-year-old girl and rape in the same sentence? That's that's this movie's a blast. I, I can see why it made so much money.
0: I just wanna let it be known to any listeners who might remember Tony's hatred for Greece that I didn't check. <laughs> I checked with you guys if it was okay to do this movie because I didn't want to like make you suffer.
4: when we were watching them, I was like, damn it, Paul, first you made us watch Greece, <laughs> then you made us watch this. He must hate us. Mm, mm.
0: Well, Star Wars is coming up. Maybe we'll, we'll have you back for that. You like that? You just yeah. said you. Yeah, did. maybe. Yeah.
4: I'm really earning my spot here. now. <laughs> so I
1: did want to bring up though, like the the, the car culture.
4: Mm, yeah. Uh,
1: to me, was interesting because I grew up in a town, uh, Laura, in the same town, where cruising was the weekend activity yeah. in in the 90s people still did that shit in benton arkansas there was a single road in downtown benton called military Military. and you would literally just do fucking loops like just it's like a mile and a half one way down military turn around in the fucking grocery store parking lot go back down the other mile and a half and that's what people did with their weekends
5: yeah, I was thinking about during the movie, I remember there was a sign on military that said no cruising. Mm, wow. You were allowed to do it. It was illegal.
2: But you did it anyway. Didn't you? I
5: didn't. I was a
0: child. Good. <laughs> uh, go <laughs> home. <laughs> this was, they might um, have meant
4: something different, difference.
0: This, this was a small, small town or no? Yeah. Okay. Small. My guess would be cruising still happens in small towns. I think it's indicative of little to do. And probably in the 60s, there was just a lot less to do. But the cruising culture was specifically what Lucas wanted to uh, capture most in this movie, because that was his youth.
1: I mean, I think he did. I think he did a fine job for a movie that's about people sitting in cars like they, they did a decent job of it. Mm. because it's yeah. it's it's difficult to film like how and i was every single time i was like how are they going to talk to that person it's oh literally they're just going to scream out the window oh yeah runners. yeah
0: <laughs> i like how uh, many the, yeah, conversations next... happen that way and then like it was the equivalent of hanging up when they just drove away and that one guy was like hey <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: <laughs> <laughs> i like the uh, the usage of music to like oh yeah um move the, move the movie along like that that like just the dj throughout the film was a nice like
0: channel to like just move the story along so wolfman jack was a real dj a real iconic figure and a real that was him that george lucas got for this movie and uh fun fact george luke in gratitude for his performance lucas gave him a fraction of a of a percentage point of the net profits and this ended up being enough money to give him a comfortable income for the rest of his life
2: wow
3: that's
0: That's
2: the dream Yeah. (laughs) yeah George Lucas is a cool dude.
0: Yeah,
3: he's
2: a cool dude, everybody. <laughs> I'm saying that. Just look at Briefly Kurt. in the two thousand I stop saying. That. Yeah. But he is a cool dude.
0: It's widely assumed that Ron Howard was cast as Richie Cunningham on Happy Days due to the success of this movie because yeah, the true. first
4: song in the movie was the, the Happy Days theme song. Yes.
0: Uh, also, we've said this so many times because we've done Are so many movies that credits. this is the case for, but this is one of the first films to use period popular music in lieu of an orchestral soundtrack. I think this is the third Oh, movie I didn't know that. With, yeah, Easy wow. Rider was another one. I mean, they're, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of that era. This season.
2: I mean, it's effective. It's expensive, yeah. but it's effective. Yes,
0: yeah. and supposedly yeah. a big turnoff for the studios that kept turning Lucas down is he had 80 songs written into the script in his initial draft. Mm-hmm. He cut it down to 40 by the time the movie was made. All Elvis the trick is, had to be cut.
2: He only cut it one. <laughs> this is how he, yeah. he how he the
0: original pilot for Happy Days had been shot and premiered, and it wasn't picked up. This movie oh. uh, reignited interest in it, and it was aired as part of a, an anthology series called Love American Style. And so based on that and mm. this movie's success, they re-upped Happy Days and added Fonzie to the show. <laughs> <laughs> they
2: that is something that rest- graffiti was missing.
0: No, they had uh, Milner. I think Milner oh. inspired Fonzie. Because they, oh, that's what, I mean,
1: Milner is a clear Fonzie. The yeah. second, the, even the the first second you see him on film, I was like, oh, that's the Fonzie, Pants and yeah, Terry.
0: Like
2: oh, I thought he was like the coolest of the goobers, and I thought he had like a nice car. Well, he couldn't even get a lady to go into his car.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm, you
4: know, I'm he, with you, Travis. I that think... guy's not the Fonz. He's a proto he sure. fonz Sure.
0: <laughs> we've knocked out actors notes. We've knocked out music notes. Now I've got just a few harrison ford notes it's first time doing this (laughs) um i'm only including this because of a reference in blade runner he was asked to cut his hair for the film he refused stating that his role was too short and offered to wear a hat instead so that was the impetus for the hat in blade runner they wanted him to wear a hat he refused so he got a haircut and said i'm not wearing a hat i just got a haircut." So he was big <laughs> on <laughs> doing whatever he needed that's to do to it. So
2: he's just a curmudgeon.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm he telling just, you, he to do. Ford is not cool. He's a grump who just
0: does whatever he wants and smokes a lot of weed. I think that's very yeah. cool. I mean, person, <laughs> <laughs> it's up that's the dream. I mean, <laughs> he's. A, I mean, yeah. I'm charmed Walk by up. his grump personally, but you know, teach yeah. him.
3: Yeah, sure. He was also
0: arrested one night while in a bar fight, kicked out of his motel room, uh, and he and Milner apparently were often drunk between takes and had conducted climbing competitions on the top of the local Holiday Inn sign. So these, guys- <laughs> Yes!
4: Oh, oh my god, there's some random universe out there where like, Han Solo is somebody else because Harrison Ford broke his neck climbing a Holiday Inn sign. Two
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where john
4: have- milner is harrison, is uh han solo <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> when you finished up a round of harrison ford notes you gotta stick around for recent harrison ford quote uh we tried hat after
2: hat after hat <laughs> and um taylor didn't like uh, most of them and uh <laughs> And then finally, when he, uh, uh, I snuck my own hat into one of the things and he liked my hat. So I'm wearing my hat. Ah, he's
0: at it again! What? You know, I. Tom oh, so Does anyone know John Milner from anything else? Because I, I quite liked him no. in this and I.
4: I More I, American I, graffiti. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, come on. Is it like the first, like. The last night before everyone gets the fuck out of town movie? Because like you said, there's a bunch of those now. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up Can't Hardly Wait, because that was the first thing that came to my head. That yeah. I was like, oh.
0: I think as far as I know that this was the first one that did it this way, with the, all the stories split into vignettes. Yeah, I, at least.
4: And it's not the last night. Did you guys do the uh, last picture show one yet? Yeah. Okay, okay. But that's not one night. No, right? no,
0: that takes place. It's over. not like they
4: all leave the next day. Yeah. No,
0: it's right. Quite That's bit what of time. I'm gonna
2: say about the movie. Is yeah. it? It felt very. It reminded me of Texas Bill in the last picture show, um, but fun and not sad. <laughs> but there, <laughs> I, I really, really liked American Graffiti a lot. I was surprised by how much um, I liked it because I'd never sought it out. Uh, just because the content was, like Anthony said, just sort of something that was.
4: I don't. You know, like in a kitschy way, like in a Back to Future 2 way, like in a John Waters way. That's going fine. to the Cafe 50s. Yeah, it makes right. me think of that episode of Community of like, and then uh, the people get scared and they seek the comfort of a pre-racial America. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the audience yeah. for this film.
2: Um, yeah, well, OK, I guess <laughs> I'm going to not continue to endorse it too much right now then.
4: <laughs> uh, Sorry, the original uh, box office audience for this film. Right. us as appreciators of film are just appreciating this film.
0: As you've brought up the diner, I might as well throw this fun fact in here. Mel's drive-in was demolished after the movie was completed, but the owner's son, Steve, I guess the father was Mel, uh, decided to reopen other Mel's in 1981 as a small chain. There are three in Los Angeles, one right by U2, and Mm -hmm. it's expensive. That's all. I really think of when it comes to it. But, you know, in, in a way, like Bubba Gump, it's a sequel restaurant.
4: Paul, are you remembering the the, the secret other three that there are? Well,
0: there in are. In Universal
4: Studios Orlando, Universal Studios Hollywood, and Universal Studios <laughs> Japan?
0: I was actually, Yay. I told Travis this before we recording, that when I came across in Florida, I went, oh, I'm not going to look at this. I'm going to wait for Travis to or Tony to jump in and tell us.
4: Oh, good. So I did a good thing here.
0: But as far as I understand it, because I did look at it, that was a lie. Um, <laughs> in Florida, the Mel's there has three of the cars from American Graffiti parked outside of it. Oh,
4: oh, wow. We I just know thought those were it. old cars. Park, people. I was like 12 years old through 18 years old. I had not seen American Graffiti yet. I oh. should have watched it one night before I left town and then went to Universal and then left town. <laughs> That's our movie.
2: I also didn't know those were the cars. I was also like, honestly, I didn't even know Mel's Diner was from American Graffiti for quite a while being in Florida. So I was just like, yeah, the fifties, cars, etc.,
4: cheeseburgers. As a kid, Mel's Diner, I was like, oh yeah, it's Mel Blanc from Looney Tunes, that, that makes sense to me. That's, he's the only other Mel I know, so obviously Brooks. it's him. Mel Brooks. Or May. Oh, well, Sure, okay, pile on everybody. <laughs>
0: Well, it's, posted, it's Milner's car, uh, Steve's car, which he gives to Terry for the duration of the film and then takes back, and Suzanne <laughs> Summers car.
3: It's posted. Florida.
0: <laughs> All right. More American Graffiti. 1979. <laughs> written and directed by...
4: Someone who I hope was drawn and quartered.
0: Oh! Okay, we got Tony's feelings right off the bat. Love it. Written and directed by Bill Norton... Who he's a director and producer. No, known honestly, his only other big credit that I feel is worth bringing up was the 1997 Buffy the Vampire Slayer one episode.
4: What? Which episode?
0: <laughs> the episode is season six, episode twenty-one. Two to go. He's a mo- mostly a TV director, which I think fits. It did feel to me like a TV movie. Sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. Especially the very. I wouldn't call it episodic, but yes, you could, yeah, episodic, sure.
0: Okay, fine. Here's a fun transition into how we got there. That was apparently the way George Lucas had originally written the first one. And the cut of it was something like three hours. And he found <laughs> himself cutting out entire scenes and messing up the way he saw it that way. And so eventually just mm-hmm. dropped it. So... As producer of the second one, he insisted that that be the way they do it, and since admits it was a mistake.
2: (laughs) This didn't work when I did it because it made the movie bad. You have to do it.
0: Uh, In fact, Bill Bill Norton, writer-director Bill Norton, who, by the way, was given this opportunity by George Lucas, who said, if you write it well, you can direct it. And so he thought he wrote it well and agreed to let him direct it. Bill Norton hated that idea. And said, George Lucas, please don't make me do this. George Lucas said, you do it, damn it. And he has since admitted specifically that Bill Norton was right. Uh, I I still think George is cool. Uh, Okay, okay.
4: So the episode of Buffy, it's the one, spoilers for a 20-year-old television show. But it's the episode (laughs) after Tara dies and she kills Warren. Or she kills, yeah, she kills Warren and she's going after everybody else. So she's like on the warpath. Ooh, and then there's the pillow, big, yeah. yeah, Willow, yeah, evil, dark Willow, yeah. That was good. That was good. I, that's I'm I'm coming back around on Bill Norton now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I, you know, he did a. He's done a lot of television. and He's, I'm sure, a very capable. You know, I didn't. I don't know that I thought it was poorly directed. It's hard to say. Oh no, I
2: really liked it.
0: All right. Well, let's start with you then, Travis. Let's talk about our feelings about *More American Graffiti*. Tough
2: open. Uh, particularly because the, the previous movie had charmed me so consistently and then ended with, and by the way, fuck you. We like, Now we're going to do a sequel. I'm like, okay, I don't really know what you could do. I already kind of know the end of this movie too. Um, and then there was like the drag race stuff and I was like, this is fine. It did feel made for TV I was kind of like, we were kind of like dunking on it a little bit. Mm. Um, and then they cut to Vietnam and it's wacky and I'm like, okay, this is an adjustment. Um, I understand and that MASH was a thing and that Vietnam was so on our minds that I was like, there was all kinds of Vietnam content out in the day. And I don't, back then, I don't think that maybe it stuck out quite as bizarre and harsh Mm-mm. in that year as it did this year, seeing it treated that lightly. Uh, so that kind of turned us both off a little bit because we didn't know how to grapple with it. Mm. Uh, but then, surprisingly, over the course of the film, it won us well over.
5: When it started to win me over, like I remember, it got to the the era where they're uh, Debbie's in San Francisco with her shitty boyfriend. Yeah. Um, the style of editing was very interesting. Like, I guess as we went on, that part of the story ended up being like the most interesting and poignant. Like mm. with all like the protest stuff, and like a lot of them, like a lot of those moments, like hit really hard. It was like. A startling transition because a lot of the movie is kind of silly. Uh, but like the moment on the bus mm, mm-hmm. where the ladies are singing mm. and the mean ladies mean to them and um, like Lori starts singing. Mm. I thought that was a very powerful moment. In the end, the movie won me over. It's a bizarre movie. Yeah. And definitely a lot of stuff I didn't like. Like John Milner is definitely very rapey in it, and that's very gross. Especially considering how they dodge that in the first movie.
0: Hmm.
2: But then the movie does tell him for it.
0: Well, for it, exactly. and they give. Yeah, they, so there's they, a. There's also a rapier guy, so they go. Well, he's not as rapy as that guy with the really <laughs> weird hair. Oh
2: uh, yeah. yeah, that other guy oh,
3: started saying something. he was like, "Hey, yeah,
0: That's not how we do I, it. I, but that, we didn't also see the other guy popping a feel multiple times after being
5: told no. So who's really the rapier? That guy's hair,
0: <laughs> I've never seen. Like, Ooh. I understand he's just losing his hair, and that's what it is. It is what it is, but I've never seen. You're, how are you going to be a bully
4: when it. you got like early onset male pattern baldness? Like, either leave the hat on or the sides.
0: Yeah, it was.
2: Yeah. The, what you have me is the worst of every option. He
0: like clipped it up, it looked like a little bit on top. It was really. <laughs> uh, I, I've never seen anything like it. Look it up, listeners. So, the editing choices you referenced, Lauren, about. Um, debbie's role part part of the movie the essentially what i would say the most like psychedelic 60s portion of the film first of all debbie by the way for anybody who doesn't know is a character that terry the toad picks up and lies to for the course of the movie and she seems to like him for him but but she's like a a much more major role in the second one and apparently those split screen scenes were incorporated to cover up the story defects of that portion of the film. Swing so that, I don't know what that means. My guess would be <laughs> coverage issues. Because there were times that I felt like it felt to be jumping around even within the frame. So my guess is that if mm-hmm. not for those boxes uh, around the content, it might have felt even, even worse.
3: All right.
2: Well, hey, mission accomplished.
0: I wish they'd cut around that clearly dead snake.
2: Oh, that snake was a bummer. Yeah. I mean, I ate a cheeseburger before we did this, so I'm no hero. But like, don't I don't want to see a dead snake flop around? Yeah.
0: So my feelings on *More American Graffiti* were, I think, to some extent informed by Tony, who told me it made the list of worst movies I've ever seen. So I was expecting much worse than I got. This is the
4: second one. The second. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad that oh, improved okay. it for because I'm hearing you guys saying it won you over. And was like, did we watch the same movie? That movie was completely irredeemable and pointless. What was that?
3: It was pointless. I'll give you
5: that. <laughs> oh, I like that they... Um, I truthfully that they saved Terry. They un- actually...
4: Got away. Oh, you mean oh, the I'm guy joking. in a Hawaiian shirt who wandered into the wilderness of Vietnam and absolutely got shot to death, like 15 minutes later. You mean that guy?
0: <laughs>
4: oh, he's in a Hawaiian shirt. No, that means he's not in the military. He wouldn't get shot. Well, Come on.
0: I did find it.
4: He, he did not live longer than 10 days after he left in that movie. I mean, you can put okay. pretend malaria is not a thing, but
0: it, it is. It was an interesting choice to un-missing-in-action Terry. And, and knowing George Lucas was a part of, like, approving this story, because the choice to end him that way seemed very specific. It seemed to have a point. Whereas it's like, ah, oh, we're coming back, more fun, Terry's fine, was was an odd. Yeah, it, it was the whole,
4: like, you know, we want to say something about Vietnam, and it's just completely heavy-handed and inauthentic and, oh my god, yeah.
0: yeah. The aspects of that story I liked were the drunk—well, I like—as I said, Terry's my favorite character, and so I liked that actor's performance, and I liked that it felt like the same character, though it was definitely not what I decided to do with my sequel pitch as far as Terry is concerned. But I liked the evil commander getting drunk toward the end of that sequence because it wasn't necessary for the story involving him, but it was a fun choice. And what, what the movie had that I wasn't expecting, cause I was just expecting absolute stupid was a lot of the same organic feeling moments of the first one, or at least that style, though it did often devolve into absolute stupid, like the bar fight and like <laughs> stuff. Uh, the, the bar fight. I
3: don't
0: the bar fight. Where um Debbie's singing and she sees her boyfriend. The country, country
4: western bar at
0: the very end, like the last. She scene catches almost. her boyfriend dancing with another girl who looked insane. <laughs> also, my least favorite of the four stories was overall Steve and Laurie, because watching them fight and be toxic was obnoxious. Also, yeah. it really bothered me that we didn't know where their kids were when he just left them halfway through the movie <laughs> after they were like, or just
4: assumed someone would watch them. Some woman would come along people? and watch yeah. them. Right.
2: I liked that, that, that they continued with that character in that way because he behaved in that whole movie exactly how I assumed he would have behaved based on his character mm. in the first movie. Mm. And while I That's don't true. agree with her decision, remain with him either time, I at least appreciate that she is consistently making the same bad choices in her life.
3: That's her (laughs) character work.
0: (laughs) Well, a writer's note, the original epilogue, which has been changed out in newer versions, I don't know where the change happened, but stated that they got divorced a couple years later. And then it got changed at some point to just say she works in community service instead. 'Cause they do the titles at the end for this one as well. Seems mm.
2: weird to like reunite them and then go, but later secretly off screen.
0: They should break up. I think
3: we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But see, they, they had to uh force them to become radicalized though. That was the whole point of their story was the radicalization of them being Republicans to whatever. How
4: dare you arrest us? We voted buy. Republican. <laughs>
2: I did like them trying to undo as much as they could all of the fallout from that final title card, even giving Milner like every single day of December they could Mm. before they
0: had to kill him.
1: They're like, technically, it still counts.
0: And in terms of the way they killed him... The way it's shot, where he's driving over the hills and you just sort of see probably the truck that's going to do it in the distance, swerving a little bit. That was pretty cool. They didn't, yeah. ha- they, and I was worried they were going to do something heavy-handed, like add a sound effect, like <sighs> leader, yeah. of yeah. but uh, they didn't.
5: <laughs> like the bus is not the bus with the the, the country western
0: lady. Like yeah, that Debbie. wasn't the bus. They're in a van. They're in like a VW bus. Okay. I did think for a second that purple monster
5: van that that ran into and killed
0: someone. Oh, that was another one specific detail I did like was, "Don't hit those trash cans." The continuing that bit of the people in that van saying, (laughs) "Don't run into that," and then they'd run into it. Like that was a fun. Don't hit
4: that drag racer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so that sequel cost eight times as much as the first one.
2: Well, you can really see the quality. That is surprising. I would not have called that they would spent eight times the money on it.
4: When you have to hire nine different editors to add in frames at the <laughs> side, it was <laughs> Harrison Ford.
0: Yeah, that was interesting that he was in it. What an interesting yeah. get for that movie, especially considering Richard <laughs> Dreyfuss refused. Which, by the way, led to <laughs> the in- invent the invention of the new character, her younger brother Andy.
3: Yeah. Mm. yeah we can tell.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Though didn't I thought Andy's roommate looked more like Richard Dreyfus. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: when like when the brother showed up, I was like, oh, did they just recast? And then I caught on that it was a different brother. But then that guy walked in and i was like, oh they just recast him anyway.
0: I thought, oh, there's two two other brothers. And then that guy <laughs> turned out not to be anything. <laughs> but a guy who ble- <laughs> was bloodied. He was there. Yeah. Though George Lucas commented that it made all of ten cents this film it actually made money it grossed 15 million on a budget of 3 million
4: george george it made no sense
1: (laughs) i i'm just wondering how much of it is my modern cynicism Mm. with when it was produced because like one i i didn't super love that it was just this kind of grotesque waiting game to see how and when two of the main characters were going to die. Like, I feel like I was sitting there the entire two hours of the movie being like, Oh, it's that helicopter. Oh, oh no, it's that it's this race. Oh, you know? And like every time I was just like, Oh no, they're going to make us wait till the end. Yeah. And they did. And then we didn't even get to see a good death scene. And so, you know, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would have liked it if I saw it at the time, but so much Cinema and media has happened since then that I'm just like, oh yes, I get what you're trying to say about Vietnam. Fuck (laughs) off already.
0: People at the time didn't seem to like it. It has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, (laughs) so it's timeless,
4: is what you're saying.
0: (laughs) It is considered one of the worst sequels of all time. We've watched some worse sequels. That's validated. I'll say that. Yeah.
1: Um, Oh, and I did. I Texasville. Yes. I absolutely hated (laughs) the, the the editing. Uh, and I'm actually happy to hear that it was kind of necessary that it wasn't, but it was an artistic choice. But it wasn't just an artistic choice; like they did it out of necessity too. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I can forgive you for it then.
0: Yeah, that quarter of the film was definitely the one that seemed the most erratic. I mean, they were all shot differently technically.
3: Mm-hmm. Like the the mm-hmm. Vietnam
0: was like a little more documentary style, but. It yeah like sometimes when it would just just be shrunk, and it's like we're in Vietnam again. I was like, well, I wish it, I didn't have to look at it being shrunk. You know, like or I
2: I think that's meant to be like your how you would see Vietnam would be on TV oh, a okay.
0: lot. Yeah, the first war we three. could
2: see
3: yeah
2: on on TV in color like that. So I think that was meant to like replicate that experience and make it less cinematic,
3: mm.
2: which is weird if that's the case because there was some buffooner he blew up the poopy jack yeah. to get away. So I get like that you're trying to make the point about Vietnam, and it was terrible, and it, was, it went on for forever, and it drove everyone crazy, and I wasn't alive, so yeah. I don't know <laughs> what it's like. But I am just saying, I'm seeing you trying... Maybe it's that it was such a serious, fucked-up deal that he was like, look, I have to do this storyline with the poopy shack. Hmm. But it's Vietnam, so we're going to show it some respect, okay?
0: Four I- <laughs> by three. Four I- by three, respect. May God intend I've waited too long for this transitionary part of the sentence to make any sense, but going back to what Chris said, (laughs) speaking of helicopters, I was Uh. just exhausted by the fact that every time we went back to Vietnam, helicopters, I didn't, I would have been able to tell where we were, but that was just sort of like a nature of the, the fact that it went one, 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 like always back to either one, two, three or four. It was just exhausting. It was an exhausting way to watch a movie every time. And that was the same. They did the same with Milner's story, where every time they started it, cars drove by. Yes, we know.
2: Well, I think when when you're making a movie about a drag race in Vietnam, there's going to be some helicopters and drag cars.
0: Sure. I just think it felt, because they did it at the beginning to, it was an interesting, okay. So I thought the choice to make it on four different New Year's, possibly an inspired choice. I just think it was done poorly.
2: (laughs) I can't deny that, I guess I can't disagree with you too hard that it was done poorly, since I thought it was all one day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they only introduce it with titles once, which I'm glad there weren't titles every time, but we, we as viewers now are more used to this kind of thing, and so the way they did it was needlessly confusing, but... It's mm-hmm. only in retrospect, I think, that it feels that way. I, they were trying to do something new, and I don't think they quite knew how to mm-hmm. finesse it. Because you don't have to stay in one, two, three, four order. I think that that's a big lesson to learn. Yeah. It's not like you're coming back. This is another TV movie thing. We're not coming back from commercial breaks. So we don't need to see the cars, and we don't right. need to see the helicopters every time. That, that That's, I guess, the
4: problem. I'm still laughing about the scene in the car, you know, the hippie boyfriend gets arrested, the cop starts... Or Harrison yeah. Ford, right, to pull to pull him over. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, oh, no, the, the guy's lighting a joint in the car. It's like, oh, no, the cops has a bag in his lap with, like, 60 joints and just an <laughs> ounce of, like, grass yeah. to, like, shake weed. And it's just like, hurrah, trying to wolf it down. It's like, man, you could have brought two joints with you. Yeah. You didn't have to bring all <laughs> the weed you've ever had in your life with you all the time and then try to eat it. I oh, got busted for the one guy. behind the hair. Oh, that one will always get you.
2: <laughs> I really did like that, that it, the scene opens with him tucking it behind his ear, and then so much happens that you forget it's there, so while he's wolfing all this down, that was very effective for me when, when he grabbed it from behind his ear, and it's like, ah, mm, mwah, cinema.
5: I just remember that um, I kept expecting one of the People that John Milner raised to be drunk, and they <laughs> were going. For this work. I thought that too. I really yeah, did. No, that's what I was wondering yeah. too. I was like, "Oh yeah. shit!" Is this or, or also, he drank I know, the
2: like, nitrous when the shoot didn't. The call. when he
0: couldn't stop, I, I was like, "Oh, we going to shoot out into the road and, get and hit there'll by be a, a drunk, drunk driver? driver?" Yeah. Well, okay, that actually would have been kind of inspired of guns? because I was waiting for that the whole time. Because the whole his whole thing is race, 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 race. One of these is going to be the one. And then mm-hmm. none of them are, but I did keep thinking if they kill him because one of the other race drag car racers is drunk, that's a cheat. They cheated. Just like they cheated but, Terry's yeah. missing in action. Thing. Uh-huh.
4: Well, I'm OK with that one. At least it wasn't him walking home and then getting hit by a car. Like we know he, he died how he lived in a car.
0: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> mm. The Harrison Ford of that arrest scene was very it again, I was surprised they got him to do it. But I'm guessing with his goofiness.
3: he?
2: Harrison, he'll he'll do that. He'll do he'll play the principal in ET. Like he'll he'll Wait, do. What? Yeah, in the deleted scene in ET, he plays the principal. Yeah, exactly. I like didn't know that. you'll see him participate in like goofy social media or or like late night, not social media, but, like late night host bits. Like he's not a sense of humorless man. He's not a joyless man. He's not a Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, he
5: did the fourth in Jones.
2: But yeah, exactly, like he stayed away from you know. Um, wanting to be Han Solo for so long that he
3: embraces Indy.
2: It's just odd, the things that he will do mm-hmm. and the things that he feels are beneath him. I can't chart them.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially because this was so... He's uncredited, so maybe he insisted on that. And he's got the glasses in there. <laughs>
4: Don't put my name on this piece of shit.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he's covered up. But he also says, the name's Falfa. F-A-L-F-A. like <laughs> <laughs> Okay, just in case... We didn't from know. the first one yeah <laughs> yeah so that was an interesting choice speaking of falfa bob falfa his character i'm gonna start our segments before the pitches with a cars with credits buckle up buckle in for your favorite new segment this one right here is called cars with credits we don't get many of these and they are exciting so i'm gonna knock out the last two that I'm aware of in existence we might not have anymore after this so I'm going to start with one that we should have done on two other episodes one of which we didn't even have the segment for but in Back to the Future Part 2 oh by the way this segment is about cars that have multiple credits on IMDb whatever they, they they've been in multiple movies. Nailed it. In Back to the Future Part 2 one of the cars from Blade Runner the spinner car is in the background, in the neighborhood, when Biff is breaking into Doc Brown's time machine. So... Gotta watch him again. Better
2: watch Blade Runner 2049 and all three Back to the Futures, just to check.
0: (laughs) So given that I believe it is a car that makes Soldier visually in the same universe as Blade Runner, Back to the Future Part 2 as well. Blade Runner universe just keeps expanding because Alien is also included in this universe this is i'll a, bet you we
2: can get total recall of this, this is a
0: marvel level franchise but the reason i'm bringing up cars with credits on this episode is the 55 chevy that bob falfa drives in american graffiti is also used in the movie two lane blacktop it also plays really? a 55 chevy yes <laughs> two lane 1971's two lane blacktop travis so actually
2: oh no we all know what year it came out. We're obviously <laughs> all familiar with two-lane blacktop.
0: I'd like to see you run Cars with Credits better, Travis. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to Lauren's Pacorner. Time once again for the Picorner. I wasn't too fond of the last one, but I suppose it's about what she wants. My God, what have I done? This is a pretty new segment, so if anybody doesn't know what's going on, Lauren is going to recast it is well, American Graffiti, the first one, uh, as a reboot. Ooh. So, who would play these characters now? So, I tried recasting Wolfman Jack.
5: I'm not crazy about my choice, so I'm going to start there. Wow. I said, uh, Joseph Gordon levitt Interesting. Wow. Oh. Okay. Because I just lo- I with Gordon love him. <laughs> um, <clears throat> for Carol, I have McKenna Grace. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. She's a I little am. girl. Okay, yeah. Yeah. A proper <laughs> <race>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Debbie, I have Dakota Fanning. Oh, okay. Um, and these are all a proper age. I looked up the stuff. Um, I like Dakota Fanning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I Lori, I have Chloe Grace Moritz. Okay. She, from Sacrifice? No, from Kick Ass.
2: Oh, okay, yeah.
5: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry, I have Will Poulter.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. The guy who looks like Sid from Toy Story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah <all> right. <laughs>
5: Oh, uh, that guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah John, I went back and forth, but I went with the person who I thought would have good good uh, rapport with McKenna uh, Grace. I went with
0: Taryn Edgerton. Mm, oh, perfect. Still That's good. my favorite That's good, so far. Yeah. That's an excellent, he's an excellent uh, Milner. And yeah. Steve, I have uh, Freddie Highmore. Oh, yeah.
2: Do I know who he is, too?
5: Uh, Bates Motel.
2: Nice. Yeah.
5: <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, yeah.
2: okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not going to do it. No.
5: Yeah. And for Kurt, I have Paul Getz. <laughs> <laughs> yes!
0: Boy, this is a big breakout for me. I'm too old uh, for the role, but.
5: <laughs> yes, but I, I. So was he. I, yeah, so was Terenegger. He was. Yeah. <laughs> I made an exception just because his mannerisms. Remind remind me of you so often, Mm. and I think you could really do that role very well too. Thank
0: you, thank you very much. Yeah, but I was gonna say he's my least favorite. He's a he just has like a shitty attitude in my opinion, and and he's also he plays his ex girlfriend a little too easily. Not a fan of that. Yeah, yeah.
5: Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah.
2: Well, like like I said, I like Richard Dreyfus.
5: Yeah. I like oh, Kurt. Yeah.
2: perfectly fine. I understand the function of Kirk. Yeah. I like that the movie sort of tends to pull around and we yada yada. Yeah. I like
3: Richard. Right?
0: This is not yeah. an argument, like, by the way, Lauren. I'll take the part. Thank you. <laughs> you uh, thanks. You're terrible <laughs> as a human being. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't have any. Uh, yeah. I, that, none of those uh, offended me. Anybody else? <laughs> All right. So let's move on to Unsung Heroes. Hit it, Paul Jr. <laughs> Awesome
1: Number one, the guy who stole Teddy's money and bought himself a second bottle of wine at yeah. a yeah. 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 yeah.
3: yeah. liquor store. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yes,
1: guy, he is he is teaching that kid a lesson. Yeah. Oh, you God. don't just yeah. hand total strangers five bucks in front of the liquor store and expect them to come back with. With alcohol for you, kid. I that guy is my hero. Mm. uh I want I want to be that guy.
4: I'm. And
5: this the guy who bought him.
4: A he's not a hobo. He definitely is. He is. If he's not a hobo, he is a wine. Yeah. he is completely. Double. I do think that's oh, yeah, the yeah, implication. surely yeah. I'm taking money from an 18 year old. Yeah, you don't okay. steal
2: money from children for. For bottles of wine, because you can like get home to the missus yeah. and like watch something.
0: I I'm a big fan of uh, <laughs> the scene where he's trying to slyly order the old Harper, and he's like, "Uh, some bubblegum, those <laughs> pens." Ultimately, uh, fireworks. Exc- yeah. <laughs> <Good poll. laughs> That's very good. Good pull. Good pull. I also just the <laughs> the name, which by the way, it's made up. Old Harper, I think, drops into that bit very well. Old Harper. Well, it's, yeah, I, I like it as, it a, as a like currisa. a real whiskey.
2: Yeah, I'm picturing like a deep red whiskey. Yeah. Like, it's so Sheep. deep and awful. Yeah. It's a red color. Yeah.
1: I mean, even it's in 60s amounts, they even said it was a dollar. So, like, a handle of alcohol was a single dollar.
5: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, but remember how bad the dentistry was back then. <laughs> like, don't just look
3: at the economics.
5: Well, I mean, that's about, like, probably, like, seven dollars today. At nice. least, you can get like like what is it? Burnett's vodka is seven dollars a bottle.
3: Mm. Yeah. Love that you knew that.
0: Yeah. It's my go-to from college. Oh, <laughs> it's thats my go-to for breakfast. Uh, any other unsung heroes from anybody for either of these movies?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the in the first in the first picture, there was a young man who spiked the camera during the sock hop. We all saw him do it. He nervously shuffled and peeked, And then he knew he, knew he oughtn't have... He's going to get yelled at, but he didn't. He got away with it. And then there was, later, um, a, a young lady. She was much more subject, much more briefly, but I still her. it was mm-hmm.
0: Lucas, um, he was new. One.
5: He'd only done THX
0: that. so far.
5: Mine was uh, Kurt's ring, which I immediately recognized as the same ring Richard Dreyfus is wearing in Jaws. Oh. And I thought it was his wedding ring, but I saw that he didn't get married until 1988, so I guess that's just a ring he refuses to take off. For Maybe it's a
0: class ring or
5: something? It, it just looks like a black stone.
0: Oh. I don't know if it's a ring. cool.
5: Yeah.
0: My lucky movie star ring. <laughs> yeah. It worked. <laughs> okay, so my unsung heroes for the first one... I guess I just, I want to give a little bit of love to the other pharaohs, because the main one, who's also in the second one, he has almost all the lines. The other guys have, I think, like two lines each. But I find the other guys to have, they they really give them a lot of character. The first guy's terrifying, because he's the one who's like, I'll drag you behind the car, and he's giving that stare. Terrifying. And then the other guy's a squirt you know and he's little but but he's like and they they clearly don't treat him as well but i just i thought they had a lot of personality i also loved i know they gave him a name and i meant to look it up but i didn't classic the guy who (laughs) kurt fools the guy who can't wait for him to be a moose i was like he's gonna make a great moose one day (laughs) he lets him steal the chain
2: yeah Pinball sucker
0: yeah for the second one I might cut this out because it was just such a bizarre, like, the movie is full of, like, goof-ass stuff. But I wasn't expecting this level of goof-ass, even though I had seen the Vietnam stuff, until we got to the bar brawl at the end. But when Debbie sends the cops after the blue Chevy, and then the cop points the gun at the old lady, and the scene just ends... You know that stuck out as like okay, this is what this movie's doing sometimes. But, and I already alluded to it earlier. But we, I have to talk about Lance's dance partner, the girl he cheats <laughs> on Debbie with, and her giant it looked like she white was on heroin. hair. And the position she's taking while they dance, and like everything about that was so bizarre. It was like I didn't understand most of the choices they made about how she looked.
5: I do not remember this,
0: chick. Oh, I mean, you remember the scene, right? Yeah. She's mostly just a tall white wick. The hair—it's like Dolly Parton hair. I'm just
2: saying, I remember the purple suit. So
3: I never remember. Mm-hmm. God, I hope that suit was purple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, Lance, Lance's outfit was purple. Okay. Yes. Yeah. See, Bruce was like black and red. Booyah. Ah, she looked insane. Real quick, I got some other sequels here. Uh, according to George Lucas, his 1994 movie Radioland Murders uh, is actually a prequel to American Graffiti because the characters Roger and Penny Henderson are meant to be the younger version of the parents of Kurt and Laurie Henderson, uh, the parents you see at the end of the movie um, when Kurt gets on the plane. And of you seem to care about that. All right. <laughs> Let's start the pitches. Does anyone no, no. want to go first? Yeah, I'll go, go. first. You go. i how <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh,
6: uh, uh, uh. How'd you like to ride around with me for a while?
2: Um, so, this one, I forgot about this. Well, wow, yeah, that second movie really really drives the first movie right out of your brain <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, this one's called Canadian Graffiti. God damn it. And uh, this would. <laughs> This would be uh, 20 years later, so 1994 is when it would have come out. But it's set in the early 80s. Kurt's book *American Graffiti* is a minor success, but successful enough that the folks at home have invited him back for Kurt, whatever his last name is, to give him the key to uh, Henderson, to give him the key to the city, or whatever. Uh, So we'll spend the day with him as he cruises through his town in a sensible Chevrolet rental, visiting his old friend the day. So we'll be spending the day in this town as his celebratory day is being dismantled and everyone's kind of like, all right, it was good seeing you, buddy. Hit the road. We catch up with a few locals who might be around. The remaining Pharaoh boys work at a car rental place. Buddha left in the 70s. Carol is fulfilling the DJ role by spending her day on the CB radio that was big in the 70s, narrating the festivities and dropping nuggets of information about the previous day. A very well-received speech that everyone keeps mentioning that we never get to hear a confusing parade, but we never get any details about why everyone found it confusing. And an in-memoriam for Milner that used a photo that no one has ever seen before. <laughs> um, and so, just like the first movie, we just kind of like float through this day and we see the way his life was brighter when he was a boy, the way things have changed, and how bittersweet those changes can be. But, like the first film, we end on a high with Kurt headed back to Canada. The in-flight VA system chimes, but instead of the captain we hear Carol on her CB, Wishing Kurt well and reflecting on how things have changed, we see the photo of Milner in her home with the stick shift topper that she gave her as they remained good friends until his death a few years ago. Hmm.
0: Five.
3: <laughs> nice.
0: Uh, does well done. I liked it. Does absolutely everyone have a pitch, or are there any joint pitches? Yeah, I believe so I'll wait for my fun fact breakup. Okay.
2: Okay. Great. Absolutely love the reception that got.
5: <laughs> we can't give away who we're going to vote for. No,
2: no, no. I just think a really the success of a pitch is when the producer asks the team about the rules of the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you can get the green
0: light. The vibe on this particular franchise thus far has me very worried about my pitch. I'll tell you that, Travis. So I think
6: <laughs> we're in a
0: heavy room and we're on Squadcast. So there's a lot of heaviness yeah. to the tone of things. So I wouldn't worry about it, buddy.
5: I'll go next. <laughs> okay.
0: You don't believe me. <laughs> okay.
3: All right, baby. Here we go with another call out of the station.
5: Can you see it? Um, so I'll do the title first. I usually say it for last. It's called An American Graffiti Reunion. Twenty years later, the cast of nineteen sixty two reunites for their milestone high school reunion. Our story takes place over a, a day, just like you know, before Kurt arrives back in town from Canada and is immediately met with the familiar radio sounds of Wolf and Jack, now spinning the greatest hits of the 70s to present, which continues once again the movie. and Stephen broke up not, not long after the summer of 62, because of course they would they were terrible together. But they and Kurt stay close at the reunion to reminisce and remember their buddy John Milner. Some familiar faces stopped by the reunion, including Bob and Carol, who both say some nice words about um, John and his memory. Still no sign of Terry the Toad. Kurt goes on a nostalgia tour of his hometown, his head turning curiously at every blonde he sees, but none of them are the lady belonging to the white people.
0: Wow. All this time later, that guy. Move on!
5: (laughs) Kurt winds back up at the old radio station. He strolls in to say hi to an old friend. Hey there, Toad. Missed you at the reunion, buddy. Terry the Toad was found and rescued from his tour in Vietnam in 1967 and has secretly taken over the persona of Wolfman Jack. Ah. next morning, Kirk catches his flight back home to Canada and looks expectantly down at the road below. He smiles, not a car inside.
3: Mm.
0: Nice. nice, Yes. I'm anticipating a lot of crossover in our
2: pitches. So do we, what order do we vote in again?
4: (laughs) The order we pitch. You're just right, Lauren. It's fine.
2: (laughs) It's not a real question, Paul. I'm doing a bit. The listeners get it. They're on my side and think I'm hilarious. (laughs) They're calling in
3: now.
0: (laughs) All right. I'm going to break up that um, hilarious joke with a fun fact. Uh, Due to the low budget, George Lucas was unable to pay all of the crew members. He offered to give many of them screen credit in lieu of payment, and they accepted. Traditionally, at the time, only department heads received screen credit. Giving screen credit to so many crew members has now become a tradition which is why closing credits are as long as they are now. Because
5: uh-huh. of American graffiti?
0: Yes. Because of George Lucas' oh, lack right. of budget. That's crazy. Accidentally. There's yeah.
1: reason, but I mean, ultimately, it is good, because it's yeah. good to have all those names on the screen. Yeah. I worked on it, too. Yeah.
0: Any takers for next? Oh, uh,
4: mine's absolutely unhinged, so if you want to go <laughs> okay, first... Sure, 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 It's very important oh, that I damn it, that I reached this
1: girl right now. I don't care about any of these characters, uh, and I felt there was no need to further their story at all. Um, What I liked about American Graffiti, the the parts of the movie that really reached out to me, was not the story or the characters. It was the aesthetic. It was the Americana. It was the, the fact that this movie holds a moment in time of this small town for these kids which is a huge fucking ordeal for them but it ultimately it doesn't mean anything so uh my pitch is rather is is move away from modesto forget about literally everyone in the first movie um and have like an anthology second movie pick another fucking town in jersey or pennsylvania or like Maine and it's the exact same fucking movie, but for these kids instead. Uh, And I haven't even thought (laughs) that far as to what the plot would be because I don't know what those kids' lives, lives are like in 1962 or 1963 or whatever other year that we decided to choose 65, 66, but just have that same moment of time with a totally new crew of characters. And you could still call it American graffiti because uh, the name is meaningless, but it's also what it is. It's it's this is the graffiti of America. And uh, let's showcase other totally useless characters and stories, except for, you know, really shining a light on this moment of time.
5: Mm. I would watch the three out of that. That's oh, great. great. I'm going
3: to the pictures I <laughs>
2: <laughs> one of those pitches that as soon as you started, it was it's such a great pitch. It seems in retrospect so obvious. I can't believe all mm-hmm. of us can think of that. It's that's you can make amazing.
5: Dozens of movies like that, and they would all be interesting.
2: Yeah. Different any parts of the any kind of, yeah.
5: Mm. Yeah. Nah.
3: That's
2: great. <laughs> uh, so, if you guys want to
4: pitch, um, nice. <laughs> Shit. All right. <laughs> that's okay. I'll go. Mine's, like I said, mine's absolutely unhinged. It's I, going to, uh, I, I, I,
0: th- I think want. that'll make a better closer. Uh, right. I should have let Chris go after me anyway. Um, uh, yeah. Okay.
3: Mm.
0: Sorry, if that's okay, Tony. You'll have to sit through more of... You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. Even more it.
0: Yeah. Ah, my fun fact to break up these was... The cartoon movie poster for American Graffiti was drawn by longtime Mad Magazine artist Mort Drucker, who ended up also doing the artwork for American Confetti, a parody of the film in Mad. Thank you.
3: Nailed it. Did he do Detroit Rock City?
0: Uh, He did not do the Detroit Rock City poster, but he did do the Mad parody for Detroit Rock City, Detroit Rock Sissies. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Can't keep that guy down. Uh, Okay. Okay, here's the thing, Travis. Uh, I think Mm. all should try to keep an understated reaction to pitches until the end. I think that's not a problem because now I'm just...
4: Oh, we do notes during the recording. No, yeah,
0: that's on Travis. Yes, absolutely.
2: Uh, I sort sort of feel like maybe people should be having more of a reaction after some pitches.
0: Well, I understand how you you feel. Anderson. There was a
2: lack of gasps.
0: Yeah. Just
2: a little bit. I felt like maybe it wasn't over. <gasps> I felt like, that, you know, yeah. you got the seasoning was the reason.
0: Well, maybe you'll listen, um, <laughs> you know, again, and you'll feel differently. But anyways, I'm just, I'm digging my hole. I'm in the hole. Here we go.
2: No, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to temper my uh, reaction to the future Oh, later.
0: I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about you. I, I... Uh, this is phew, it sucks this is my longest space. pitch of the season by far. So I'm really, God, I'm dreading this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what about my face? What?
4: I'm trying to—I'm on the dividing line, and I only see half of my face, but the other half is yours. So I'm <laughs> trying to match my this side of my face with this side of your face. <laughs> Wait, scooch over more, dude. Give me like a half a half me? a nose. Other no way. other, other direction. No, no. Oh, sorry, Lauren. Lauren,
3: Good.
4: Lauren. Wait, wait, wait. There, uh, you uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> We're not a part of the Let me Oh, take a oh we gotta. T- we'll take a picture. We'll
0: take a picture. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs>
4: okay.
3: Okay. You
0: just send it to me, please. All right, Paul. All right. Okay, you Guys, ready? My only preface here is that I did not hate Steve as much as anybody in the first American Graffiti. I blamed his. Issues on being a youth in 1962.
3: Sure. sure. I knew you.
0: 1979. Steve and Lori, now married, mill around as co-workers in an insurance agency. They're co-workers. We watch Steve break up a game of street hockey out in front of the shop, then go back inside. You know, Wayne's World style hockey. Moments later, in walks Terry the Toad Fields, their old friend from high school who has been missing in action as a prisoner of the Vietnam War since 1965. Steve and Laurie are stunned. The Go-Go's We Got the Beat kicks in as the opening credits roll. 1982. Oh, that's a really cool image. Well done. (laughs) Uh, The night of their 20-year high school reunion. Lauren, looking at you. But it's 1982. We see Steve and Lori in their home getting ready for the evening, which they, as popular alumni, have helped to plan the 20-year reunion. And we meet their teenage kids, John, after Milner, and Gretchen Bolander, who are playing Atari video games. Lori unplugs the television and insists that they get ready for their own high school homecoming dance. It's established that Terry has been living in their basement since his return. The kids know him as Uncle Terry. After being reminded of curfew, John and Gretchen razz their parents about being no fun, refusing to believe that they were ever troublemakers in their youths. Steve, Lori, and Terry head to the reunion while the kids head to the dance, and our diverging storylines begin. On the way to the reunion, they pass a, what used to be Mel's Drive-In, and it's now a TCBY yogurt shop. They complain about things getting worse in the world. Sure. So Steve and Lori's storyline. I'm going to go story by story. Theirs is all about proving themselves to still be fun, despite having grown into some rather conservative parents. First, they agree to join some folks into going to a disco after the reunion. We see their lame dance moves. This same group declares the place dead and invites them to keep the night going at what turns out to be a swingers party, which they slink out of. Squares. In a last-ditch effort to save face, they decide to graffiti the TCBY. They're caught and arrested. Ending there for now, we're on to Terry, Terry's storyline. Terry is lauded as a hero at the reunion and publicly honored being introduced as Terry the Tiger, which he was never actually called. He feels isolated at the party with everyone treating him as a sort of novelty, unable to relate to his experience. When Steve and Laurie take off to the disco, he declines to go with them. He ends up finally connecting to a janitor, working at the school who claims to be a veteran later as they're tying one on together terry can really drink now it is revealed that the janitor was actually a draft dodger and is now feeling too ashamed to keep the lie up terry lets him off the hook as he is reminded of the lies he told to candy all those years ago terry then ventures to john milner's grave where he speaks to his former hero slash best friend about how lost he feels moments later he's joined there by Carol who visits John often, and the two make a connection with her dark and feisty outlook, a good match for his. They talk about John and about her time as a nurse in the war, and they spend the rest of the night together. Kurt. Kurt shows up to the reunion, now a big-shot screenwriter and cocky, expecting a celebrity welcome. He gets a little positive attention at first, but in his one-on-one conversations, keeps running into people who are upset with the way he's depicted them or used them as inspirations for his movies, glass of punch thrown in his face type of deals. Eventually, he's approached by a beautiful woman that he doesn't recognize, who claims to have had a crush on him in high school. She, She asks him to go somewhere private with her, gets him into a state of undress, and then locks him into a small room where he realizes that she has loyalties to the still very much in play pharaohs who are coming to exact revenge on him for their portrayal in one of his films. He escapes before they can get to him, but must quickly find some new clothes. This is awkward and funny. Anyway, he spends the rest of the night cruising his old haunts and realizing how lonely he really is and how much he misses this place. Also, he looks like George Lucas a lot. He's got the beard and the hair. Nice. Sure. And then the final of the four main stories is John and Gretchen, the kids. They're, they're both kind of outcasts that just would rather be playing video games, but John has a crush on a popular girl. When he asks her to dance, he discovers that she likes him too, and then invites him out with her and all her friends after the popular crowd. Charged with looking after Gretchen, John brings her along to what turns out to be a night of hooliganism. Mailbox baseball, TPing, all the hits. That lands the kids in lockup, Alongside their parents, <laughs> on the way home from jail, John and Gretchen admit that Steve and Laurie actually seem pretty cool, and then Steve and Laurie ground them. Upon arriving home, they find Kurt there with Terry and Carol. Kurt thinks he might stay in town for a while, try to pick up some more inspiration. Terry comments that he can take the basement because he's going to start looking for his own place, and I call this American homecoming. That's okay,
4: yeah. Pretty good for four episodes of Happy Days. You know, <laughs> I say a lot
2: of nasty things about you, Paul, but.
4: <laughs> They're all true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, you write yourself an earnest sequel, nine times out of ten. You always
3: mm-hmm.
2: s- saturate the colors as much as you can and, and just give it the most honest shot you can. And, yep. you know, thorough. Very thorough. Uh, and I respect that. <laughs>
0: Thorough had a little bit of a negative edge to it, but uh, uh, I do appreciate the rest of it. I'm about. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, thank you. I do appreciate that. It's what makes this so painful. So Tony, <laughs> oh, uh, last fun fact to break this up. So the climactic drag race at the end of More American Graffiti needed 4,000 people in the grandstand. They were attracted to do it, by the promise of free Star Wars episode four, A New Hope toys.
4: Ooh, I would have gone for that. Did
0: they get them? Yeah, they were. They were, they were all yeah. proto Jar Jars. Yeah.
4: Was
2: it yeah. a Was
4: it a free
2: Toyota?
0: He wasn't in. Um,
2: oh, damn know. it, Paul!
0: Because of the phonetics <laughs> sounds like because that's a car. Yeah, but. It didn't make sense because he wasn't in A New Hope Travis (laughs) (laughs) What are we...
2: For a joke, I stole from the internet to flop.
0: Okay, Tony, take us off the rails and let's get out of here with some fun. Come on, boy, let's go. Prove it.
4: So this movie is called American Graffito. (laughs) Uh, And we start from the last shot of the first movie, the black title card with Kurt's face. Kurt is a writer living in Canada punches in again living in canada boom punches in again living in canada we cut to a dilapidated rural cabin in canada uh a man with a filthy overgrown beard wearing a two sizes too large torn up plaid mountaineer shirt you're looking around this cabin there's the 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 detritus of hunting equipment there are jars of urine on a shelf and kurt sits on a couch using a thigh master uh and watching an episode Of three's company um, which he has a stack of tapes of next to the TV this is where we're gonna start he's around 68 at this point which I think if I did the math right would be 2003 but we're gonna move backwards from here as we go through each decade of Kurt's life since we last saw him and he got on that plane at the end of the first movie we go back ten years and he is being arrested by some private security for being a stalker we get a courtroom scene Uh, of uh, him for a restraining order uh and that's that's the the big event for that 10 years we go back 10 years before it's the only time he goes home and it's uh, for the funeral after steve's suicide uh it's a real crowd pleaser uh (laughs) uh, we, we go back another 10 years and he's actually he's getting better as these 10 years pass and in between each 10 year segment there's still filthy bearded steve but Putting on the nicest sort of clothes he has, driving somewhere, getting to an airport, uh, you know, between the 10, 10 year segment, getting on a, a plane. So now we're back, what, twenty, thirty years now, and you can see that he's he's working. He is working as a writer at an ed, at, as a writer and an editor uh, for a magazine, some sort of nondescript, dirty magazine, not because we don't want to p- have to pay for Playboy or Hustler or use their actual name. Uh, But so this is what he's been doing as a as a writer. And then, yeah, go going back, you know, same thing, sitting on the plane, you know, angrily looking around at the people on the plane and heavily drinking on the plane. Like going back to the first 10 years, you know, him finishing college, getting his first job. The movie ends with him leaving L.A.X. and going to Suzanne Summer's house, hopping the wall and being shot to death. Oh, oh, yeah. He found out that the woman in the T-Bird was actually the actress Suzanne Summers, <laughs> became obsessed with her, never had a family. And that's how the movie ends.
1: I thought that's where you're going when you said using a Thighmaster and uh, watching Three's Company. I was like, mm. those are both the, both Suzanne
5: Summers things. Oh, um, that's
4: great. That's great. That's details. the movie I want to watch. <laughs> was it
5: originally yeah. titled Canadian Graffiti?
4: It was titled Canadian Graffito. What is singular? Because he's only one person. It's the singular oh. Graffiti.
3: Because
4: there's not a full cast of characters. There's only one, one guy.
0: This is why we brought back the man who brought us Grease dead and loving it. And I'm loving it personally. So yeah, thank you so much. I
5: really do appreciate it. Uh, I forgot that that's what your pitch was. Me too. Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah. oh I man. Ask Mizo,
4: I didn't know that you hated Greece. <laughs> oh, but yeah. his his reason
0: yeah. for that seemed to be overexposure to Greece. It wasn't... Yeah, if I'd seen it from fewer from than
4: 65 times, I would probably... Right,
0: uh, <laughs> all right, well, well done, everybody. We <laughs> yeah. honestly, we all... And Travis, I liked yours. I'm sorry you felt like anybody didn't. I just, mm-hmm. I everybody did a great job.
4: Just because there was I, no applause <laughs> and dead silence for like I, a good 10 seconds? And I think a lot of that might good. have been like...
0: We got four more to get through let's let's get cooking you know what i mean it's we this is because usually we don't have five so um thank you (laughs) (laughs) all right friends let us vote okay
2: well well, i vote for chris's
0: right
5: does yours have a title chris oh Uh, it's titled american graffiti um i am also voting for chris um,
1: I'm voting for Paul because I thought it was great. It actually made sense for the characters. I thought it put the characters in good, in believable positions um, all around. Good effort.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm voting for Lauren's. She also made a very earnest effort to capture the characters
4: you know i was almost i was very charmed by lauren's having terry sneakily become the new wolfman jack i liked that a lot that yeah i did too that was a big i'm point. i'm voting for chris's because it is far away and not containing anything from either the original movie or the <laughs> ill-conceived sequel and that's very appealing to me mm. Honorable like mention to Travis, though. Don't do that. It's fine. It's, <laughs> that. it's I'd like to give him a You Tried
0: sticker.
6: <laughs> Someone wants me. Someone roaming the streets wants me.
0: Well, well done, Chris. This makes you our first guest winner of the season. Ooh. As well oh, as...
6: Oh, oh,
0: yes. Oh. As well <laughs> as a follow-up showdown all-star. There are not that many of those, but you have won both times you've been on, and so well done. I am furious about the poster because I have nothing to go off of whatsoever—actors, <laughs> oh, no. anything. But I will make it work, and I'm—I okay. I do think that it was an excellent choice. I'll, you uh, like a subway car? <laughs> you
3: do,
4: like New A
0: picture of a sandwich? Oh, right, because she said New Jersey. Okay, I got Jersey.
2: That's something. Yeah, Jersey sixties. Oh yeah, yeah. 60s. yeah Springsteen. There you go. Come on. Literally said yeah. New York. He goes, oh yeah, New Jersey. The 60s. She didn't say, she didn't
0: say New York, bitch. <laughs> 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 Thank you for listening to the follow-up showdown. We'll be back next week discussing They Call Me Mr. Tiggs. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can write a review, and please follow us on social media on Instagram and TikTok at the follow-up showdown and on Twitter at FUShowdownPod. We're also on YouTube.